Welcome to the Unified Podcast, where we talk about God, Christian culture, and life in an attempt to bring unity and maturity to the body of Christ, demystify the supernatural, and find God in the ordinary. And we're your co-hosts. I'm Justin Heckel, and this is Caleb Carpenter. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. And um, last week, we talked about the gift of tongues. We've started this series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I'm excited about this because even though it can somewhat seem like, well, you guys are jumping into a lot of Pentecostal stuff and you say that you're about unifying the body of Christ, that um, that this actually wraps into our um, into that introduction a whole lot where we say it's to demystify the supernatural and to find God in the ordinary. And there are a lot of ways that this stuff, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, get really ramped up into things that we think are so unattainable unless I'm a vocational minister. Right, Caleb? <laughs> we, yep. we see this stuff a lot um, in, our, in our Pentecostal and charismatic circles. It makes a good um, excuse. It, it does make <laughs> a good excuse. And, and so, the, but, but the deal is, is that there are, some everyday ways and some very normal ways that this stuff plays out. And there is a total godly wisdom to why they're given to us. And so I'm loving that we're in this series. Last week, we talked about the gift of tongues. And today we are going to jump into the prophetic. And one of the things we mentioned last week was that gifts is really uh, the gift of tongues is really tied together with the gift of the prophetic, because um, the gift of tongues ultimately is not just about me rambling and spitting words out of my mouth. It's about hearing God and having intimacy with God. And so, and so it makes a really good foundation for moving into the prophetic. And so we want to jump over to Acts 2, verse 17 through 21 to start off today because what we want to talk about first is people want to say, well, I don't know if the gift, if the gifts are around today, you know? And so here we go. Acts two seventeen through 21. And in the last days, it shall be God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so where what I really want to point to with that scripture is it says in the last days and people make these cases of are we in the last days? Some go, well, we were in the last days since the resurrection. Right. And so whether you think it's that or whether you're one of the people going, oh, my goodness, like God is coming soon, Jesus is coming back soon, you know, within, you know, within the next few years or whatever. I don't care what end of that spectrum you're really on one way or another. The prophetic is here because in those last days, I will pour out my spirit on 
who on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see, shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And so it's a matter that he's pouring his spirit out on all flesh and that they may prophesy. So um, is the gift of pro- the prophetic still around? Yes, I would say it's it's definitely still around. And you had a, another good scripture for us, Caleb. Yeah, I, I think right? we're out of context where some of the argument uh, against speaking in tongues and prophecy comes out of 1 Corinthians 13, um, starting in verse 8, where it says, Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. And then that's typically where we stop because then it says, but love will last forever. And we think that love is like so easy, but yeah. So, and then it goes on to say, now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. So it's not now because um, from what I've heard in like people even talking to me about, you know, the prophetic um, the same people who, you know, believe like we're now in the end days, like just now, um, are the same people who argue typically that, you know, these gifts aren't here yet or, you know, we're, we're, we don't, you know, they're useless. Um, right. But yeah, but yeah, the same people that acknowledge that the perfect has not come yet. And so, you know, that's kind of where the argument falls flat. Right. And, and the deal is, is that some will say, well, the perfect is, mm-hmm. is the Bible, it's scripture. Right. right. But, but the truth is, is that, that the Bible is also up to, uh, there are people who take it out of context and use it wrongly and all this stuff. So would I say that the Bible is the perfection that they're talking about? No, I wouldn't say that. I would say that it's Jesus when he comes. But the great part is like, what I love about that, that, until we were talking about it right here, I never really got is actually that when it says that love never ends, it's like Mm -hmm. love is the thing that's supposed to go on forever. But really when you look at it and it says prophecies will pass away, tongues will cease and knowledge will pass away. Um, First off, all prophecies haven't been fulfilled yet. Mm -hmm. So, and, and knowledge hasn't passed away. So therefore, why are we thinking that tongues is supposed to be done away with? Right. Right. But, but the bigger thing is, is that, is that the prophetic is meant for me to, I I give a word to someone so that they can have hope in time of despair and Mm -hmm. peace in times of trouble and that they can have um, a a vision of glory to work towards, you know, like, Hey, you're supposed to have this ministry, you know, you're supposed to have this ministry overseas and they go, Oh man, that's something that's on my heart. Yes. I want to go do that. So it's supposed to give them something that they, they go, yes, there's something that is there. Right. But, but that, that prophecy is supposed to come to pass. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and at the same time with tongues, then we pray in tongues when we don't know what to be praying. So we pray, but we're praying for, um, so that we gain revelation so that then we can pray in our, our understanding that we can say, okay, yes, God, now I see what you're trying to give me, you know, let me run after that. And so the tongues are supposed to cease because it's supposed to come into our understanding. But then also that knowledge that we're praying in tongues so that we 
pray in our understanding so that we gain knowledge mm-hmm. so that we can get that. But even once those things, even once it leads me to whatever that prophetic word was that I gained understanding for and knowledge and all that stuff and all that passes, love is the thing that's supposed to continue on. And so all those other things are, they're a moment in time. You yeah. know what I mean? There are a moment in time that's supposed to lead me to something, but love isn't supposed to lead me to something. Love is right. the thing. Because you have to think, and you know, as you're talking, I was really kind of um, really thinking this out in a way that I haven't before, but you know, because the perfect hasn't come yet, which I guess you could say would be the fulfillment of all prophecy, right? Right. Is, yeah. is the end of time um, when, you know, it's only things that are eternal. And so, you know, the gifts were given to the to the church as an expression of love in yes. these times, right? Because it's about unifying the body of Christ. It's about coming together in things of the Lord and to become this, you know, spotless bridegroom or uh, bride for the bridegroom. And so, you know, as you were as you were talking, it's like, why wouldn't we desire these things? Because it is. I mean, in chapter 14 of first Corinthians, the first verse is let love be your highest goal, but then you should Mm. also desire special abilities. The spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. And then it continues to say for if I, if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you and you will be speaking by the power of the spirit, but it will be all mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. And those are all forms of love because we're encouraging each other and lifting each other up before God, right? Yes. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you're saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. So really, it's just an expression of love. Right. Right. And, and I love that, you know, when we, when we talk about these things that the, the whole, like what makes it better, what makes it worse. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's better is to build up another. Right. Like that's, that's, that's the whole thing. If you want to talk about demystifying the spirit, let's start there because we so overcomplicate it. So, because that's the only motivation is to build each other up. Exactly. Well, you know, okay, so demystifying it, I have this awesome example from I used to work at Buckle. And there was this guy that was part of a a ministry in town. And he came in and he said, we were talking about stuff. and, And I can't remember how it came about. But he goes, well, I don't really believe in the gifts. And I said, sure, you do. And he was kind of like, who are you to tell me what I believe in? Um, And I said, well, you believe in the prophetic, I know. And he's like, whatever. And I said, well, have you ever told a musician that they were a good musician? And he was like, yeah. And I said, did they light up? And he's like, well, yeah. And I said, well, that's because you prophesied over them. Because the truth is, is that in their heart, they believe that they are a good, that they're a mm-hmm. good musician. But most of the time, their mind makes them doubt And so they don't see it. And so you actually spoke the unseen and made it seen to them. And so you prophesied over them because also what 
Paul says, I can't remember the, the scripture right now, but he says that the prophetic confirms and affirms what's already on our heart. Mm-hmm. And so you encouraged him and you affirmed what's on his heart and you spoke the unseen to him. So you, you prophesied over him, even though the guy didn't believe in the prophetic. It's like, look, God didn't make these things to be like, they work if you believe in them and don't work if you don't believe in them. Mm-hmm. There are laws. You, even if you don't believe in the prophetic, you prophesy, I guarantee it. It's just when you become aware of it, you know, you start learning how to hone it a little bit better and you know how to be aware and look for it a little bit better. But even if you don't, there are times that you prophesy over people and you don't even know about it at the time. And so even people who don't, aren't aware of prophesying prophesy. And so it's, it's just a really interesting thing. These are things God has put into place and they happen even in the normal, ordinary, everyday that we wouldn't consider it being a God move. Mm -hmm. Right. But it happens. I mean, he made a donkey speak, right? So like how, how much more do we need for how much more of our ordinary lives do we need in order for him to say, Hey, like I I'm in your ordinary. Um, but that's, that's one of my biggest examples when it comes to that. We need to demystify this stuff because there are times where, yeah, you see it, uh, done in miraculous ways, or you see it, someone give a prophetic word in a way that just blows your mind. Right. right. But, but the deal is, is that a lot of times the one who it blows their mind is actually the person who needs the word. It's not to the person who gives the word and it's not to the other people around as much. A lot of times the word that blows your mind is the one who needs the word. And um, because they're going, that brings so much hope to me. And that lets me know God has been watching me Mm -hmm. and, you know, things like that. So it's their heart that needs it. And so it's them that is, that is caught in awe and wonder by it. It's not typically everybody else. Mm. And, but like you and I have talked a little bit about the differences between men and women and how men just tend to be more analytical. So a lot of times I'll see like my wife, she will, get a word for someone and it will be where you just, you're like, how could you even know that? Whereas to me, I'm sitting there going, Ellie will ask me sometimes, like, how did you know? And I'm like, well, couldn't you tell? Like, I just knew it, you know? And my example for that is if you go to where Paul is prophesied over by Philip's, uh, I think it's Phil. Is it Philip? I believe so. The evangelist. Yeah. yeah. His, his daughters prophesy over him and they take a belt and wrap it around his wrists and they say, Hey, just like this belt is wrapped around your wrists, you, you will be taken away to jail. And I'm sitting there going, now, if it was Ellie, she'd probably do it that same way. If it was me, I probably would just be listening to Paul give the gospel. And I'd be like, dude, I don't need to see anything, hear anything. I just know deep down in my gut that you love the gospel Mm -hmm. so much that you are going to go to jail for this, bro. And that's as easy as it would be. And nobody would probably even think much about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But, but, but that's a big difference. A lot of times between guys and girls too, 
It's it, and it doesn't have to be between men and women, but it's just the difference in the way our minds work and our spirits work and the relationship we have with Christ and who we're made to be. But we all prophesy just in different ways. Right. So, so let's talk about people prophesying. Um, this is, uh, I think, where the stumbling block for prophecy comes in and why. I mean, it's really just because of not correct teaching, right? Because people, we haven't been able to mature in the gift, a lot of people. And so, you know, later on in First Corinthians 14, uh, Paul starts talking about the order of service. And um, I know it kind of could seem kind of religious, but remember the motivation behind doing this is love and to build each other up, not to build ourselves up. Um, right. That's what tongues is for, right? So if you're speaking right. in tongues, you shouldn't have to be prophesying to make yourself seem holier than other people. Well, and, and, um, and just a side note to go yeah. back for a second is that even the fact that Paul is giving these instructions mm-hmm. to the church where we say, well, it's done away with. If it was done away with at the apostles, why would he be needing to give instructions right. to the church on how to do it? Because if only the apostles were supposed to be doing it, then they wouldn't need to give any instructions. So anyways, go ahead. Right, because during, during this time, really, I mean, a lot of the original apostles are already dead. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, and so, so yeah, so, you know, let, let's look at this real quick. Uh, I'm going to start reading in verse 29. It says, okay. uh, let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. What do you think about that? What comes into your mind when, when I read that? <laughs> <laughs> I know you got some. I, I do. I do. Um, because, you know, how many times have we heard someone get on the mic? They've got something to say. And when they start speaking, you're like, dude, this is awesome. And then, but they know that it's awesome. And sometimes it's, it can either be because they don't know how to stop or it can be because they love the fact that they're getting the mic, but they just keep going. And you're like, dude, like five, 10 minutes ago, you were, you had a life giving word and now you've just been rambling for five to 10 minutes. But sometimes, you know, we've been in plenty of meetings where that mic is just passed mm-hmm. and passed and passed because one person is starting to wrap up. And as he's wrapping up, another person is going, man, when you said this, God spoke to me about this scripture. And so it's like one thing leads to another leads to another, but God uses the Mm. body to give the message versus just using one person. And so it's, and it's really special when those things happen in a meeting, it it should be very normal, but I'm saying the the feeling of it is very special because you feel like you're growing as a whole church body, not just, one person says stuff and the rest of us just listen. And, right. And, 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 you know, for it to reach that level, it comes with maturity. Um, it, and, it, and relationship yeah. and relationship. And, yeah. It, it, yeah. For sure. I mean, you can't sit there and just all of a sudden your church start operating in these gifts and then you expect it to be perfect. I mean, no one's expecting it to be perfect. Um, this is just a guideline to be like, no, this is how it's maturely done. And, you know, that's where the teaching needs to come in and lead it to that. Um, Right. Yeah. So in verse 31, it says, in this way, uh, which we just talked about, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak one after the other so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember, the goal is to be encouraged or to encourage each other. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. 
Uh, I have been in many services where people have found that very hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I know we talk about being drunk in the spirit a lot. I know that's a lot of things. Uh, a lot of people, you know, evangelicals that are spirit filled use. Um, but we can take turns, you know, we're not smoking on the peace pipe and then, you know, having these grand visions and stuff, you know, we are receiving things directly from the Holy spirit. And in verse 33, right next says, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace and in all meetings and is in all meetings for God's holy people. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love that it says spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. It's like, it's like, look, you have the ability to yield to yeah. one another. You're not like, uh, because again, if I'm on the mic, I can't be like, no, no, no. I, I've had this great word and I just got to keep going and you can't get up and, mm-hmm. and whatever. It's like, no, I have the ability to stop and yield to the next person. And and then like it says there that God is not a God of confusion, mm-hmm. but a God of peace. And so it's like, look, like we need to have this mindset that it is not about me at all it is about the church being built up encouraged and edified and so uh i love those scriptures because of how how he lays that out that it's like it's not about you it's about how god wants to build this body and it like you said it takes maturity and it takes relationship i wanted to hop over then and i think we can kind of wrap up our scriptures uh, verse 37 there it says if anyone thinks he's a prophet or spiritual he should acknowledge that the things i'm writing to you are a command of the lord and basically basically that's saying if you think you hear from the lord um then acknowledge that this is actually from the lord mm-hmm. <laughs> and obey it if anyone does not recognize this then he isn't recognized so you don't actually hear from the lord <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but all things should be done decently and in order. And so again, I just, I love how he reiterates that, that, uh, you know what, it's God's whole place in, in giving us these things. Jesus giving us these gifts is so that we can build one another up and love on one another. Love mm. is the is the thing, not the gift. The gift is there to display love. And and so if you're not displaying love, why do you keep going with it? You know? Yeah. And so it's it's awesome. Yeah. One one thing I'd like to ask what your thoughts are. We've said that the prophetic is for everybody. But one thing that there's a distinction on is that there are prophets. So like, and not meaning women who (laughs) prophesy, meaning there's the office of a prophet. So you can prophesy. So all can prophesy, but not all are prophets. So where would you make that little distinction? Between prophesying and a prophet? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I think... A majority of it is really um, the anointing. Um, you know, we can all, you know, have the gift of prophesy or prophecy because we're all called to edify each other, right? But um, there has to be there has to be someone to bring proper teaching with it, um, and a prophet is normally someone who lives it, 
uh, and has a call from God to do that. Um, yes. And uh, you can tell, I mean, if you're discerning, you can tell the difference between when an act, someone with a actual, like the mantle of a prophet prophesies versus um, someone who's just prophesying. Um, I mean, it all comes to the same thing, um, but you can just tell. I mean, there's like that confidence. Um, there's authority behind it. Um, and it, it feels weighty. It feels weighty. And it doesn't always come through relationship, um, like direct relationship. Right, right. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you'd have anybody in any service getting up and giving prophetic words over people. And we well, don't. It's, it's, um, it, it's like um, it's like Graham Cook, mm-hmm. you know, Graham Cook. We'll talk about how sometimes he'll come over to America from he's in England, right? I believe. Right. I think so. And, and he'll come over and um, and someone will say, man, you you prophesied this word over me. And and I just, you know, it, it just is so much what God has been speaking to me. And um, and he'll say, OK, so then the question is, is why did God have to bring someone from England mm-hmm. all the way across the Atlantic to tell you this? Right. And, um, and the thing is like, he is, he's gained that trust and, and things like that, that, that he's, people trust him to give those kind of words and whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But what I also like is that he is putting weight on the relationship. And Sean Bowles talks a lot about this as well, that even though they carry that mantle and that weight, you know, that anointing, they also put weight on relationship mm-hmm. and they they put the weight of prophecy on relationship why is, is god bringing someone that you don't even know to give you this word when the truth is is that god's probably been speaking to you about it people around you have been probably telling you to do it but you're probably not listening so why did he have to bring someone from all the way over there right right but but because but the deal is is that if it was just some random guy on the street you'd probably go okay that was weird yeah. But because he has he has a track record of working within the body of believers, then we we know we can trust mm-hmm. that person to give that kind of word. And so, like you're saying, there's that anointing in that mantle. And I would say that, you know, it's funny because we had talked earlier and I said, well, you know, relationship. Well, right. I would say that relationship is a big place for getting a word, right? Like if, if you have a relationship with me, you probably have a lot more space to speak into my life. I've become a big advocate for your spouse should be one of the biggest prophetic voices in your life Mm -hmm. Um, because they know your heart and they should be praying for you. So God should be speaking to them about you a whole lot more than anybody else. But, but I will also say that that anointing allows you to walk into someone's life who you don't know directly and they don't know you directly right. but because you've built up that track record and things like that people have the faith and the trust for you to speak into their mm-hmm. life and you've trained your ears you've trained your eyes to see through the veil a lot more you know what i'm saying yeah and you're seasoned and you're, and your ears to hear the mm-hmm. voice of god and you've trained how to like not say just how you want to say it not how to like filter it through you you know what i right. mean we want to bring it back to that later too later in this series um but remember i mean the in ephesians 4 the purpose for um, someone with the office of a prophet or the mantle of a prophet um 
you know, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work and build up the church. So, right. so this is where maturity can come through is through a prophet, uh, basically being a catalyst um, and coming in and training and equipping your people to prophesy. Um, if you don't have anybody in your church that can prophesy, well, then you probably need to have a prophet come in and equip your people. Um, totally. Or, or definitely desire God to have you, you know, either put that influence in your life so you can train and equip your people. But I mean, ultimately that's what the fivefold gifts were given for is to equip God's people. Right. Yeah. Right. And we had, we had spoken earlier and another thing that I've thought about that in the natural, I go, it works, but in the spiritual, I don't know if it's the same thing Mm -hmm. because before I was saying differently, but I, I would say, you know, in the natural, I'd say, you know what? The best basketball players are not always great coaches. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, is that a lot of times the reason why spiritually the someone who is a prophet who equips the body to do it is also one of the best at actually doing it is because a teacher is weighed more heavily, you know, according to scripture, a teacher is weighed more heavily uh, because of what he says. So, and so therefore he has to train himself Mm -hmm. so that what he's teaching is not off. Right. So, so again, those who have that anointing and that, and that mantle um, typically have a lot more weight with their words because they've trained themselves um, they or the Holy Spirit has really trained them to to carry more weight, mm-hmm. to give, to to sacrifice how they want to say things and whatever, and and just let the Holy Spirit take the reins. Yeah, man, such good stuff. But but again, I love how there's such a um, conversation to be had about like, does God want to awe put us in awe and and give us signs and wonders. Of course he does. But does he also want us to know that it's as simple as your everyday? And does he want to demystify that and and bring everything into the simple stuff? Of course he does. So uh, go ahead and pray us out uh, concerning the prophetic and, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. All right. Well, God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your great love. And that you have given us these gifts so we can build each other up and express and show your love to our fellow brothers and sisters. And God, I just thank you what you're doing. I thank you for the call of God you have on our lives. And I thank you for this gift of prophecy. I just ask that you would give us the opportunity and help us realize when we are actually giving prophetic words and being a prophetic in our, in our daily lives. And may just help continue to train us and raise us up in these gifts. And we just thank you for who you are in your name. Amen. Amen. So once again, thank you, Caleb, for being on this journey. Thank you, everybody who is following along with this. And we want to start having some more interaction with all our friends that that follow along um, because we want it to be a journey together. So until we talk again next time, let's get unified.